Greg Warren and Dan Beeston are smart enough to know better. Ladies and gentlemen, to episode 18 of Smart Enough to Know Better, a podcast of science, comedy, and ignorance. Hey, Cheap Astronomy listeners. This is the second part of an interview with Greg and Dan from the Smart Enough to Know Better podcast, where we continue talking about the geometry of the universe and how it expands. There was the Big Bang, everything was pretty close together, but over the lifespan of the universe we found at this point 13.7 billion years down the track we have a universe where there are lots of galaxies clustered together in little clumps Mm -hmm. but in between those clumps there's just huge voids of empty space Mm. so the universe expands everywhere except where gravity can keep things held together Mm. oh okay i see Oh, it's kind of like a, a, inflating a balloon, the skin of a balloon, except some parts of the balloon are quite thick and strong and other parts of the b- balloon are quite thin. And so the thick bits would cause like patches. Like when you in, oh, inflate yeah. a balloon and then you deflate it and then you inflate it again halfway mm. and it's kind of wrinkled mm. and weird. Mm. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, The wrinkled balloon theory. He's encouraging me. Hooray! <laughs> it's something like that, Dan. <laughs> well, people like the, the raisin... Dough mm. analogy. Mm. So you, you you have dough, you mix raisins into it, the raisins of the galaxies, you put the whole thing in the oven, all the raisins move away from each other, but not due to any intrinsic motion of themselves. It's more that the dough is just getting bigger. Oh. So space... And they've got is... their place in the medium. Yes. So the, the universe is... Oh, I like the idea. That's like, what dough is the universe made of? Mm. Most of the dough that I try to cook ends up being dark matter. Right. So I'm interested to see where we're <laughs> headed. <laughs> so what can, can we theorise how the universe would be different if we did only have the matter we could see? Would it just unravel? Would it turn pink? Would it... Do do we know, or is that a stupid question? No, no, no. Yeah, we do know. That would be called an open universe. So 20th century astrophysics had three scenarios for the universe's destiny. Either it was going to expand forever, it was going to expand for a bit and then go to a big crunch. The first one is called an open universe. Mm-hmm. The second one is called a closed universe. Mm-hmm. The third option is then what you call a flat universe, or what we also say is a, a Euclidean universe, because what we're talking about is geometry. And if you have a flat universe, it's really like a flat piece of paper. When you draw a triangle on that, you will find the three angles of the triangle add up to 180 degrees. Mm-hmm. If the universe is curved either curved in an open manner or curved in a closed manner. If you draw a triangle on the surface, the shape of the universe, you will find those three angles of your triangle don't add up to 180. So ah, that's, right, yeah. that's, and that's pretty amazing too. So a closed, yeah. a closed space would be on, on the surface of a sphere. That would be a closed universe yes, space? Right. Okay. Yes, and exactly. an, 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 I can't quite picture what an open space would be. Well, they say it's like a saddle you put on a horse. Oh, okay. So it's sort of scrunching inwards like a, a bathtub rather than expanding outwards like a sphere. Ah, right. Okay, I think I can, yeah, I can see that. Okay, fair enough. So, yeah. so if you try and draw a triangle on a sphere, you'll find if you do perfectly straight lines that all the angles 
sort of stretched outwards and they won't add up to 180 mm. they'll add up to more than 180 and if you do the same on the saddle or the bathtub you'll find all the angles add up to less than 180. This seems so, like a very simple way of working out what shape universe you're in. Yeah well it is. Yeah, yeah. that's that's quite impressive. I like, I like that whoever came up with that idea must have just gone holy crap we can do this we can work this out this this is this is not just going to be theoretical we can actually put this to the test. Yep and they did. What you can do with the cosmic microwave background is to consider it's a distant surface that mm. you can make one side of your triangle. So you're trying to draw this giant triangle across the universe. The cosmic microwave background is one side of your triangle as you're looking down the triangle from the point at the top. You've got two lines heading away from you like... Yes, okay. Yep. It's two expanding lines heading away from you, then you hit the third side of the triangle, which yep. we'll call the cosmic microwave background. You can then just measure those angles, and that should give you the answer as to whether the universe is flat or it's spherical or it's saddle-shaped. So what do we discover? What's, what's the... What's the and theory? it's flat. It's and it is flat. It, it, it's very very flat. Ah. So the universe uh, is the universe is Euclidean. So it's 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 yeah. point two of a hydrogen atom for every cubic meter. It seems to suggest that that means it should be open. Yes. Aha. Ah. Now we're onto something. Very good. Now very we're onto good. something. Right. So this is the whole problem with modern cosmology. Did a lot of cosmologists throw their hands up in horror and just, just give up and like, just start becoming like hobos and hippies living on beaches? Just go, that's it, we give up. It's just too confusing. None of this <laughs> makes any sense. This I give up, I'm doing biology. <laughs> I'm doing the easy science. <laughs> wow, thanks, Dan. <laughs> if they didn't do it then, they probably then did it when we discovered that the universe was not only expanding, that it was expanding in an accelerating fashion. <laughs> oh which was a finding that... <laughs> A finding that came out at almost the same time. Yes, so, can you imagine it? What? What? No, that's just rubbish. Just that's ah. No, I'm giving up. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> Poor Vincent. Yeah. So it's kind of cool that at the end of the 19th century, everyone thought science would pretty much figured everything out. <laughs> And then, you know, Einstein came along and said, well, you know, this stuff about space and time, we all think it's pretty straightforward. The clocks just run at an absolute rate. Well, actually, and, you know, it's a complete paradigm shift, as we say, in the way that we think about the universe. And I think it was Max, sorry, I think sorry, it was Max Planck. Uh, you talk about the, we had it all sorted out, you know, especially at the start of the 20th century. And uh, I think it was Max Planck. He was a young man and going to university and, and going, I'm going to go into physics. And work on this sort of stuff. And, and people said, oh, why are you wasting your time with that? We know all this sort of stuff. You, you'll just be filling in the, the edges and just sort of filling in little potholes. It's all been done. And then he could have discovered a whole lot of quantum physics stuff. <laughs> and yeah. I'll just pull found, this. Found, found, yeah, found, yeah, found the pothole actually just totally undermined reality as we know it. So it's, I, it's always a bit dangerous when people say, we, we're going to have a grand unified theory in 10 years. And you're like... Why do we keep saying that? Why Haven't we not learnt yet? This is a very dangerous thing to say. <laughs> In eight years' time, someone goes, we found out the universe is made up of tiny frogs singing. <laughs> we never would have expected this at all. <laughs> very, very small frogs. <laughs> well, the, yeah, you're quite right. It was Max Planck. He, he really was the father of, of quantum uh, mechanics, quantum physics, because he looked at this problem of what's called the ultraviolet catastrophe. Mm. That everyone just he he also invented planking. Oh, that, that's a that's a oh, little known fact oh, that goodness. he was. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Dad. That was so. Yeah, we we got to the end of the twentieth century. We were starting to think we understood the universe, and then these 
two findings came out at about the same time. That A, the universe was flat, despite the fact that it only had 4% of the stuff <laughs> that it really needed to be flat. And then you had the three groups that have won this year's Nobel Prize in Physics. It was Saul Perlmutter, Brian Schmidt and Adam Rees who've collectively won the prize, running a number of uh, sky surveys of distant galaxies, and that, that's where they were looking for these Type 1A supernovae mm. that, a bit like the Cepheid variables, are standard candles. If, if a Type 1A supernova goes off, it has a very predictable brightness. If you see a Type 1 supernova and it's dimmer, you know it's further away, mm. so you can make a an accurate estimate of its distance. Because, I mean, let's face it, just to explain it to the audience who may not understand this, if you're trying to work out how far away a star is from Earth, you don't know if it's a very bright thing a very, very long way away or if it's a very dim thing very, very, very close. So you, you, you can look at a star and go, well, I just don't know how far away it is. You have to know but stars, how far away things are. Now, stars behave yes. differently depending on what their mass is when they nova or supernova, though, don't they? And also, actually, their mass in general uh, yeah. gives you a very, very specific... Yes, but that's what, that's what the standard candle's okay. all about. Yes. So there's yep. type 1A supernova. They know it's a certain brightness, yep. and therefore if it's dimmer, you know it's further away. Yep. So we had more modern technology towards the end of the 20th century. We had better telescopes, so we could see much further out, and we could start surveying these type 1A supernovae going off in much more distant galaxies than Hubble would have ever been able to see with his telescope. Mm. So this was a whole new data set, and in 1998 they publish this stuff and said we've done all the maths the universe is expanding but it's expanding in an accelerating fashion the older the universe gets the faster that rate of expansion seems to be which was utterly extraordinary no one was mm. expecting this so as i say the people who've been gobsmacked about the universe being flat yes. although that actually came later probably so would have been doubly gobsmacked with this, and as you say, yeah, they might have thought, oh, I, I can't just, take this anymore. <laughs> just give up. What <laughs> the heck? It's, it's, the fact we just talk about being flat for a moment, because being flat really freaks me out, because it's like balancing the universe's mass compared to its volume on a knife edge. It, the yes. whole thing has to be perfectly balanced. Yes. I, I'm, I'm an atheist. I don't, I'm not, I don't believe in, in gods. You've got to admit, at some point, you've got to go... That's really interesting that the universe has set up in a, or has has set itself up in a situation that it seems to be balanced perfectly on a flat universe. It would have to be self-regulating, wouldn't it? You, 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 with some part of you would go, "That's really odd. That, that's not a normal thing at all. That's very much, uh, yeah." I just to me, you, you, yeah, it, it would freak me out. I must admit to, to work that out. I don't know what I was trying to say there. <laughs> yeah. Well, You're... this is where we live. Hmm. Mm. So we, we live in a freaky place. Yeah, yeah it's, it's weird. So you're right. I mean, the, it, no one really knows what the hell's going on anymore. It, it's very um, <laughs> Science. Baffling. Have, there's a T-shirt for you, Steve. Science. Mm. No one really knows what's going on anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, as I say, it seems to be a phenomenon in each turn of the century. We, we suddenly think, oh, my God, we don't know anything. <laughs> it's, it's we like, know even less this time. It's like Mark Twain. Mark Twain once said when, he was, uh, when I was 14, I was so upset with how ignorant my father was. Now that I'm 21, it's amazing how much he's learnt. Uh, and it's that thing sort of we're, we're like young Mark Twain going we know everything we know nothing it's like oh my god but that's good that's a really that's a, I think it's really wonderful that we uh, keep just keep chipping away at, at the ignorance and just keep going how do we how do we make this make sense yep so bring it all back to the Einstein field equation again the modern interpretation 
is that we have our left-hand side of the equation telling us about the geometry of space and, and time. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing is it's flat. Mm-hmm. So we have to, well, we don't have to, but we do refer to the right side of the equation for some of that answer. So this is where people are saying, well, we know we know about four percent of the universe because we've counted that all those stars (laughs) and planets and so forth. When we look at galaxies, even our own Milky Way, it's this huge, huge object, Mm. Mm. hundreds of light years across, but it's spinning. And when you look at the the sort of radial velocities that are involved in that motion, the outer parts of the Milky Way should just be flying off in all directions. Right. So it's like a kid, a a kid on, a, on, on one of those, um, like a carousel. The carousel goes too fast. It would fling your, fling your child yep. into the crowd. Exactly. So, so somehow that kid is being held onto the horsey of the edge of the universe. My yep. analogy is collapsing. Sorry. <laughs> and this is an idea that's been around since certainly the 1950s. Uh, Mr. Zwicky. Like, that's an awesome Zwicky. name. Anyway, so that this problem of the galaxies has been around much longer than the late, 20th century stuff about the flat universe and the hmm. accelerating universe. So, but in our modern t- interpretation, we refer to this dark matter, A, to explain why the galaxies stay together, but B, to try and balance the Einstein field equation. So it, it becomes an important component of the formula. So we have our 4% matter that we know about. We have, I think, another 22 23% dark matter that we don't really know what the heck it is so so it's dark because we just don't we we can't see it we can't detect it but we know that it must be there based on the maths well we know that it must be there based on the gravitational phenomena that we see in the universe so i used to i used to have a big problem with dark matter i mean like everyone did but as in when i was learning about it and, and and going it did seem like a bit of hand wavium you know to try and explain why, why to me I kept thinking maybe the equations are wrong and and or they're not not refined enough until i saw two galaxies running into each other and they seemed to you could sort of see where all the bright bits were but that wasn't the points that were were going around each other that makes sense that there, there seemed to be something else that you could not see that these two galaxies were actually rotating the center of rotation was around a very different point and that's and that was when i went oh there is something there it's not, it's a gra- it's gravitationally affecting everything we just cannot see it uh, yeah, and, and that's it, the bullet cluster ah right there you go that's the one yes that's the one. yes and yeah. and that's when, that's when my brain went no i un- i understand now that it's not just a a mathematical hand wavium thing it, it, there's something that we are missing quite intrinsically in the universe yep that's right so to prove it to everyone, we just got to show everyone exactly what they need to see and everyone will then believe it. <laughs> yep, that, that's very good. So, I mean, there are really two reasons why we think we need dark matter. A, galaxies just don't make any sense if we don't have this sort of invisible stuff that holds them together. Mm. But B, yeah, we've got this business about the maths, as mm. you say. And, so can uh, I, from what, from what you know then, just to talk about the dark matter bit for a moment, I always try and wonder, is it actually going to be a physical object or is it, is it going to be so outlandishly weird that, that we can't even fathom what it might be? Or, or we just can't answer that question yet? I don't think we can answer the question yet, but most people think it'll be some sort of a particle mm. that will either fit into what's called the standard model of subatomic physics or it will expand that standard model. Mm. So uh, there's this weird 
idea of supersymmetry. I don't know if you've ah, yes. come across yes. that. Yes, in a very yeah, indeed, way. Susie. Mm. What we do know about it is that it seems to behave like matter does gravitationally. It attracts, yep. it attracts itself and it attracts, and it attracts normal matter as well, standard yep. matter, whatever you want to call it. We know that it doesn't seem to absorb and emit light, so it doesn't seem to interact with the electromagnetic spectrum. That would be fair enough to say at this point. Yes, and arguably it's even transparent. Right. It doesn't seem to hide light. Ah, well, so there you go. So it's, that's something we do know about it. What else do we, do we know about it? Are they the only two things? It's got a funny feature called colour charge. Does that mean something to you? Um, I, I don't know, know it's, it's a quantum physics thing. We probably haven't got yeah, time to Yeah, it's a quantum physics into. thing, exactly. Quantum physics thing. Um, Hand wavy yep. and move on. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, we, we, we can have you back another so, time. We can discuss. It's full of singing frogs. Singing frogs! Yeah. But we still haven't got to the best part of the story, which is, of course, dark energy. And that's, this is, so, yes, this is, now, this is, okay, we've gone from the pointy end, now we're going yeah. to the ridiculously pointy end. Right. Yes. Now, it, it would be fair to say dark energy is really just something you need to balance the maths. We don't have any sort of precedent for this mysterious stuff that seems to appear out of nowhere <laughs> to keep uh, I mean its main role is to keep the universe flat I mean it's very mm. hard to now, see why the universe should stay flat unless it's the mysterious stuff appearing out of nowhere as the universe expands <laughs> so we have so we have 4% of the universe being what we're all made out of or we, you know, the yep. matter and then we have what 20% is that right or roughly 20% uh, 22 I think 20, yep. 22% dark matter mm-hmm so that means most of the universe, more than 75 74%. 74% of the universe, exactly, thank you. Maths is wonderful. 74% of the universe is made from something we don't understand, nor can even theorize about. It just, but we know it has to be there, otherwise the universe can't be the way it is. That's the current place where we are. What the hell? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's I, I don't think anyone is at all satisfied <laughs> with that as a as a meaningful explanation. And that's what science that is we've... for. And that's, but, but that's what's really interesting there for me is unlike dark matter, which does attract, and our matter, which does attract, dark energy seems to repel because it's... Is that right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't like that interpretation. Okay. I mean, it's probably not correct to think of it in terms of energy because if you're going to allow the universe to be filled with this energy that comes out of nowhere mm. and acts like a force, mm. Mm. then you, you run up against the three laws of thermodynamics. Yeah, which say, it's going to get hot. Possible. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah so, so, so really, so, so dark energy could, I mean, it could be anything, but dark energy could really be, we just, I mean, where dark matter does seem to have a physical thing, dark energy could just be, a, a, we need to really refine our gravitational equations and our understanding of gravity. Would that, would that be fair? Yeah, and I, I think it's more we need to better understand what the heck a vacuum is. What, what is space-time as a an entity in its own right? So, <laughs> and that's, forget that... about what the universe is full of, and let's just think about what what is this sort of fabric that the universe is made of. <laughs> you think you'd think having a box of nothing would be the easiest thing to describe? <laughs> it's a box of nothing. We've worked that out, but now you're going. Actually, no, some, nothing is something, and it's a very important something that we need to know very, very well. Who put this dead cat in here? <laughs> so does, yeah. it ever, does it ever keep you up at night, Steve? Do you ever lie there just going, I'm, I, I really shouldn't be thinking about this, but I'm, I'm going to think, <laughs> no, stop it, don't think about it! Well, no, I, I'm more in the camp that I realise we just don't know bleep, and we've <laughs> just got to get more data, really. I mean, this, we're at a point where... 
theory isn't really helping anymore. We just need to get more information about how things work out there rather than continuing to try and build theories on a, on a very small data set that we have now. We, we, are, at, we are really at the edge of the unknown here. It's, 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 we're standing on a shore, the whole dark energy shore, where we're thinking to ourselves, we don't know where we're going, we don't know what's there, we don't know how to get there, nor what it is. Welcome to the world of dark energy. Steve Nerlick, yep. I feel stupider from having talked to you for an hour, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart. I, I hope I have the same effect on everyone. Thank you very much. Thanks, Steve. Great to talk to you guys. I feel so much cleverer. I love the fact that we know a lot about this stuff, but we haven't learned it all yet. And then there is some pretty... It's got that feeling, like dark energy... What, humans or just me? <laughs> humans in general okay cool humans in general we're looking at something going what the hell is that it's like being in the dark you know, the whole idea of being in the dark and grabbing an elephant and there's an elephant in the room and, and you go what the and you grab its trunk and you go there's a python here and someone goes no 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 it, it's a snake they grab the tail and goes, no, it's a tree trunk they grab the leg and you go wait we can't all be right here and we know there's something there and we just don't know what the hell it is yet it's a giant leech don't touch that <laughs> don't touch that bit and I think it's it's going to be quite soon. I, I have a feeling that like with the James Webb Space Telescope and all these other really amazing instruments that are going up there and science that's being done, we're, we're going to find some space elephants. We're going to find some space elephants. That's right. <laughs> that's what you heard here first on Smart Us to Know Better. Space elephants for all. So thanks to Steve Nerlick for pointing out the large cosmic pachyderms in our universal backyard. I'm Dan at smartenough.org. And I'm Greg at smartenough.org. Feel free to email us and tell us how clever we are <laughs> and how much you love us. Ah, oh, otherwise don't. I hope you have enjoyed the podcast, episode 18, ladies and gentlemen. Come back, as Dan said, in two weeks' time, and we'll see more science, comedy, and ignorance. So, uh, somebody... Hey, stop. Po- stop. You say so every time. You said so every day. Today, you've said started every segment with so. Just so, you know, I know, just so you're aware of it. So? No sense. I forget what I'm saying. We go uh, on tangents. We go on ridiculous Beautiful tangents. tangents. No, really? <laughs> <laughs>